25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. F left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's up, peoples? Uh, how are you? Today's Tuesday. Did you know that? Just in case you didn't know, that's what today is. Welcome into the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Welcome into the show. You can be a part of it. Lots of different ways to do that. Numbers on the screen. If you're watching the stream right now on Facebook or on uh, Twitter slash Periscope. It's really Periscope, but it's like born in Twitter, right? I mean, it's like if you were to look at follow. Most people's Twitter followers are alerted to their Periscope feed because they're kind of connected. You don't just like open the Periscope app very, very seldom. That's why... Combine the two. But if you're watching on either of those, hey to you. Hope you're doing well. Feel free to comment uh, on Facebook or Twitter. I'll be able to see it all in one place, one little handy-dandy screen over here so I can keep up with what your questions and comments and opinions and otherwise is, are, what they are, what it is, what it are, what they are. There we go. Grammar lesson for today. Uh, You can also shoot me a text on the country-pleasing text line. It's easy. 885-ESPN. They had a good old time on the uh, Chris Brooks show, on the uh, Gridiron, prior to this show. A good time discussing superheroes. Apparently today is National Superhero Day. Um, And I say the real superheroes are the men and women on the front lines of the healthcare industry right now. But we're talking about movie superheroes, and we all know that. So uh, they had a really good time with that. So you can text anything, literally anything you want to text, you can do it. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 area code, 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divinity phone if you want to get in. 601 number, 995 601-995-1059. Hit me up on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Hey to David, who says, hello from Petal, Mississippi, and Hale State on Facebook. Hey to you, David. And my mom, Miss Susan Wyatt over in Wetumpka, Alabama, says, you're wearing a sport coat? We're having church? Well, we can have church if you want to, mama. I'll just pull the Bible app out here on my phone. We'll just do two hours of preaching. I'm out there. Yeah, no, I had a little something going on here online uh, before the show. And... Uh, just decided just to continue. And Dorothy, listening in Phoebe. Raise your hand if you've been to Phoebe, Mississippi. Raise your hand if you've been through there. <laughs> Everybody know where Phoebe is? Yep. It's a neat place. Not too far outside of Starkville. I've been through there um, a bunch in my life. All right. So uh, feel free to text, call. You can tweet as well. It's at Radio Wyatt. So on Twitter, you know, you want to send a tweet. There's a great chance I'll see that during the show as well. 
Today, though, I want to start off with something that uh, was a miss in yesterday's show. In other words, it did not make it into yesterday's show. And that's just right off the bat. I want to know what's up with Beaver. Today's edition of What's Up with Beaver. Beaver, what's up? I'll tell you what's up. Tell Matt me. Wyatt, I still can't watch a full TV. No, you don't have it? Oh, I have it, but here's the thing. (laughs) I have had this brand new beautiful TV sitting in its box in my hallway since last Wednesday. It was was originally meant to mount on the wall. I mean, I bought a mount, you know, just solid, really good mount. Right. And that's where it was going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. But we ran into a problem. And it would require putting multiple holes in the wall, and it was. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> we don't trust. We don't trust the strength. Uh huh. To hold the TV. To hold. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I really don't. I mean, I'm not picky. I only got that because I don't want it. Because the mount I currently have with yeah. the old TV, it's mm-hmm. right up against the wall. A, yeah. I mean." The back of the TV. So if you need to get to the back to plug anything in or plug or change something out, you can't. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I really don't care. That was my main purpose here. I'll get an entertainment center. So I was looking around. I finally ordered an entertainment center last Friday, but they're taking forever. So the entertainment center won't be here until Friday. (laughs) So So y'all just leaving it in the box until the entertainment center arrives. Yeah, because otherwise I would just I don't have anything to put it on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it would just be in the floor. So TV less still to this point. I'm getting mocked by it though, because <laughs> like I said, that's nine total days I gotta stare at this new TV that I can't. And it's just in the box, just sitting there yeah. looking at you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness for Netflix though, right? Yeah. Hey, is always sunny on Netflix? Uh it's always sunny is on Hulu. Hulu, okay. You do the Hulu thing? Yeah. I, I like to have all entertainment options available, so I have Netflix and Hulu. So you have it all. I understand that. <clears throat> you know, we've been looking at different options, and we just haven't made a decision. I'm still kind of rolling with Dish, and I've got the Fire Stick deal that was given to me as a gift, and I can just use that to connect everything. And I think we're going to do it. It's just like, I don't know. It's one excuse after the other. We just don't spend enough time as a family sitting there looking at our television to we have just haven't made it a priority and so but you on the other hand have made it a priority it just now you got to have something to sit the thing on that's what happens folks (laughs) when you buy a television that's so large you can't hang it on the wall what was the size of this thing 50 something inches 58 add up baby i mean that's huge you remember beaver back when we were kids and people would have these big they'd say i've got this what they call it a Big screen TV at my house, and you go over, and it's this big thing sitting on the floor. It's like the size of the wall. Yeah. You know, and it was so bad that you could be within four feet of it, and you couldn't see anything because you're too close. (laughs) Yep. Like, no, this is a big screen. You got to back up. There were people in America with those 1990s, quote-unquote, big screen TVs sitting up against a wall over there. 60-inch screen, the thing takes up the whole wall, and they put their couch 14 feet away because that's the only way they could, you know, sort of make out what was on the TV. And if you were sitting to one angle at all, 
you couldn't see a doggone thing. You know, thank goodness they're better. Timothy on Facebook says you ought to go Hulu Live. Yeah, I'll go, look, um, we've talked about this before, but in terms of the Wyatts cutting the cord, we have two main priorities. One is sporting events for me, not in any particular order here as far as priorities, but one is sporting events for me. Therefore, you know, a smooth connection to the SEC network and, and being able to see all those games throughout the year along with my wife being able to watch the Hallmark Channel. And there's kind of the hang-up in that there's some of these things that don't give you all that stuff, along with local. and But I think we did find out recently that Hulu is one that gives us what we want in that regard. We just have, we just got to, uh, you know, make the jump. We've got to take that step and go get it done. Brahm on Facebook is offering Beaver to come over and mount your television. He says he would mount it and it won't come down. Brom, I think Beaver is just looking for a simpler solution. And that is he's already ordered it, paid for it. His entertainment center will be here on Friday. We hope. And as everybody knows, delivery times and, I mean, they're doing great. You know, Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, everybody's doing great on the delivery stuff. It's just that it's not as sure a thing on the delivery dates. Like Amazon right now, with everything going on, you order stuff. And they may tell you, well, look, since this is like a non-essential item, it won't ship as fast. It'll be here next month. You know, like that stuff normally doesn't happen. But so, so, you know, the whole shipping and arrival and tracking your package and expected arrival date and stuff is getting out of whack also, as expected. More and more food being delivered to people's homes, ordered online, all that kind of stuff. So it's just part of the deal. That's what's up with Beaver. Still waiting on his entertainment center. All right. I want to talk college football with you today. How about that? Y'all agree? That's a good subject. Let's do it, huh? Yes? No? Yes? Yes? All right. Let's do it. This brings back. Takes me right back to fall. Come on with it. So let's do college football. First, though, Nick on the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage. In grocery store shelves, on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. He said, just put it on top of the other TV like we did back in the day. Yeah, you had the console television sitting on the floor. It finally blows up. You get a new TV, you just sit it on top of the console TV, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Mad mail person says, Matt, if you don't have good internet, you better throw that fire stick in the river. <laughs> we have good internet when it works. Um, and then, how about this? An unnamed texter said they brought, bought a projector to save the, on the price of a television. So they just project from your computer onto the wall or something or onto a screen. I guess that's one way to do it. No, all right, so over to college football. Here's the story. Mark Stoops, the head football coach at Kentucky, does not want to play football without fans in the stands. Do you agree or not? Get a little more of this music here. Go on and get some of it. Mark Stoops does not want to play football without fans in the stands. Uh, University of Kentucky's head football coach, during a news conference with reporters yesterday, said that he is preparing his team as if the season will start as scheduled on September the 5th. Okay, again, preparing the team 
as if the schedule is going to start right then. Let me throw this on top of that, okay? I have some of these SEC beat guys that I follow, and this was making the rounds earlier today. If I can pull the tweet back up, that way I can be accurate with it. Um, But it came from Neil McCready, who covers Ole Miss for Rivals. His tweet said, Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter told Rebel Grove today that he is hoping to bring athletes to campus on July 1st to prepare for an on-time start to the college football season. He also discussed various scenarios, including a phased approach to allowing fans into games. That's a tweet from Neil McCready. You can find his work at rebelgrove.com. There's an interview there, so I'm assuming there's a story to go with it. And so what you have is in the last 24 hours, you've got two things. You've got two examples. So listen up, college sports fans. Two things, two examples. And I'd love to know your opinions on this. Are you buying it? One is an SEC head football coach yesterday in a news conference. And the other is published quotes from an SEC AD that those quotes were handed over sometime in the last 24 hours that both indicate the plan for now is shooting for an on-time start to the college football season. Now, you go, well, Matt, what else are they going to say? Okay, Mark Stoops not going to come out there on Monday and go, we ain't starting in September young. Forget that. (laughs) Okay, no, he's not going to do that. But at the same time, I do think it is a bit telling. What it's telling, I'm not exactly sure. I can only speculate. But if I have a coach and an AD in the same 24-hour period kind of you know, putting across the same message, one inclination I have is I start thinking, okay, they're in constant communication with each other. We know that. The ADs are having almost daily conference calls with the commissioner. The coaches are having almost daily conference calls with their own athletics directors getting information handed down the chain. Is there the possibility that they have talked and said, you know what, this thing is trending towards we might actually get this thing going? With tweaks here and tweaks there. You know, is that what we're potentially looking at? I can't help but think that. All right, I wanted to bring it up. Now, I want you to hear it. Here's what exactly Mark Stoops said yesterday in his Kentucky press conference. I think there are definitely some different challenges for us. Um, I, I think. And, and let me jump in here real quick. One of the big points that he's making is that he, even though they're preparing to start on time, he does not see a viable scenario where you play college football games without fans in the stands. Listen to this SEC head coach. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is there's going to be a lot of critics out there, the optics of it, you know, to say that you're going to have college players out there that are allowed to play and line up six inches apart from each other and, and you know, breathe on each other, sweat on each other, get in big piles and do all that, but you're not allowed to have fans in, in the stadium. I mean, that that's going to be the first thing you hear, right? You know, people are going to, the optics of it, you know, that, that's – uh, decisions, you know, people need to make that again are above, you, you know, my deal. So other people are going to make those decisions. 
Um, but I'm not sure that's a viable option. Uh, the other thing compared to the NFL is fine. Okay, listen to this. I'm going to pause it right here. The first part of his answer was, I don't think it's a viable option to, you got players out there, but you don't have fans, you know? So I've made that point. If you've listened to this show, watch this show, you know what I'm talking about. His next point is coming now in regards to finances. Financially. You know, I think it's very important to, to have people in the stands. You know, universities are counting on that. Uh, we need people in the stands. Uh, you know, before this whole situation happened, you heard me talking about it and kind of encouraging our fan base to pick it up and to pick up season tickets and to get in there because we need them. You know, we it uh, makes a difference to us uh, having them in there both financially and for their support. All right. So there's two parts of this answer from him. One is, it doesn't make sense to talk about a scenario where the players are out there breathing on each other, touching each other, piling up on each other, yet we can't have fans in the stands. He said it doesn't make sense. That's what I've argued all along. Again, those that try to uh, justify that or talk about it in some different way always point to, well, this is about testing. And I get that. That is true. You can test enough players, it seems like, every week, especially with the resources to do that, before games, after games. Then you can, all those fans coming into your stadium before or after the game. The thing, though, that I point to is it's it boils down to just sheer yes or no. Black and white, yes or no, is it safe or not for people? At that point, whether we're talking about a vaccine, whether we're talking about testing, we've been through all this whole thing. It's either safe for humans in that stadium or it's not. Okay. And I think that's why a coach like this probably sees the same thing, but he rolled that over into then financially. Now, I mean, you've seen the numbers. You know, conference revenue, checks handed over to every school in the SEC for, what is it, 35 40 $42 million, something like that, you know, revenue sharing within the conference. We know what the coaches make. We've seen $100 million athletics budgets. We've, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue at certain SEC schools because of just football. We've seen all this stuff. He says financially, we need to have football with fans in the stands. You know what that tells me? Now, do you agree with this or not? You can tell me because I'm open to other opinions on this. That tells me, I guarantee you, you have many, 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 probably the majority of coaches and certainly ADs who are watching the bottom line on all this stuff, presidents too, who are more in favor of waiting till the winter waiting until the spring to actually play the football games so that you can sell tickets. Much more in favor of that than playing the games without the fans. You heard his answer. Because they are reliant on ticket sales. Listen to this paragraph. College football teams are typically much more reliant on gate revenue than NFL franchises. They all have... Big-time media rights agreements. We know that. But the university still generated, this is Kentucky, 
the greatest percentage of its football revenue from ticket sales in the fiscal year 2019. Thirty-three percent of its of its football revenue came from ticket sales. Almost fourteen million dollars. Almost fourteen million dollars of their revenue, football revenue. Thirty-three percent of it came from ticket sales. They don't want my my take on this. These schools are not interested in playing the games without the fans. Why would they do it when there's another option? Just wait and play it with the fans. Here, pair that with another idea that came from a Southeastern Conference athletics director. Ray Tanner at South Carolina. He's the one who gave you the quote last week that said, yeah, I'm not sure every conference is in lockstep with each other about how we ought to do this and how we ought to play. And he said, he basically alluded to this could be a year where some conferences may do their own thing. Well, why would that be the case? It probably means that there are some conferences who just want to play the games and are happy to do it without fans. Others need the money. And are just not interested in playing football without fans. We'll wait until we can play it with them. We need the ticket sales. I think that's a big part of it. We'll continue the conversation coming up next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio connected to you because of C Spire. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You know, Beaver, I have two beverages on the desk in front of me. One is coffee left over from breakfast. It's in my thermos from uh, High Point Roasters in New Albany. Can you hear that? Yeah, of course. It's pretty loud, actually, I think. Well, anyway. So I've poured that. Let me just pour the rest of it in there. I'll just go ahead and empty it. Why not? A little more? A little more in there? Sure, Matt. Drink all the coffee. (laughs) It's my thermos. Nobody else in my house drinks coffee anyway. My wife does not drink it. She's not. So And and believe me, I make up for everyone in my house not drinking coffee. Hmm. I'm at least two pots a day. Okay? And when they say pot, it's not like I'm... Making 12 cups in a big pot and a regular coffee maker. I make the the French press stuff, which I broke the other day, by the way. I'm getting a new one. Anyway, okay, so one's coffee. The other is a can of uh, energy drink in front of me here. You know how they, like, the energy drink cans are tall and skinny. They're different than the others. I may have talked about this before, but this one is special. I'm going to show people on the stream, but if you're listening on the radio, I'm going to give you an indication of what this is. Check this out if you're looking at the stream. I think I needed this yesterday. I think we need it after yesterday's show, after I got into it with Squirrel because of his uh, t- 
uh, texts and stuff on the show? It is Bob Ross, the Joy of Painting Positive Energy Drink. It says it right there on the can. See that? See Bob with his Afro beard, Bob Ross Positive Energy Drink. The entire can, 12 fluid ounces, if I were to drink it, is 160 calories. I'm not going to drink it, though. This is going to be kind of like a Bear Bryant Coke. It's just going to sit here and be a collector's item. Look, he's got him holding his paintbrush, painting happy little waves there in an ocean scene. Bob Ross, positive energy drink. So as I now go to the country-pleasing text line, since we needed positive energy yesterday, I didn't pick it up. Um, got into it with Squirrel. Uh, later, I asked Beaver, I said, was that a little too hard on him? And I won't tell you what we said. We did, we did contemplate that. I think today I needed this, so I sat it on the desk as a reminder, just chill out and have some positive energy. And so now, with that said, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. It's way hot. It burned my tongue earlier from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Oh, boy, that's good. Whew, that is good. Now I'm ready. Positive energy, coffee in my stomach, and some texts on the country-pleasing text line. <laughs> Who's first? Uh, it was the mail person who told me to throw that thing in a river if I didn't have good internet. And right after that, Beaver tweeted me and said, nine minutes into the show, Matt Wyatt specifically tells us he has good internet, which is what connects him to us. 13 minutes into the show, Matt Wyatt starts to sound like a robot, which is caused by internet troubles. <laughs> he said, come on, Matt, I already have trust issues, and I love the gif with it. It's a scene from The Office when Andy is there. He's looking for his cell phone. They've hidden it from him. And he says, I don't trust you, Phyllis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great scene. Andy uh, recorded himself in four different parts and four part harmony singing rock and Robin twiddly diddly deet twiddly diddly deet. And they got sick of his phone ringing. So Jim threw it up into the ceiling above the ceiling tile so that it rings. He can hear it, but he can't figure out if it's over his head and he loses it and punches a hole in the wall and they send him to anger management training or whatever it is. And the very next episode, it shows him walking in there and he says, yeah, they, they've sent me to management training anger management <laughs> anyway look that one up if you're an office fan you know exactly what i'm talking about no slippery when Rhett says purdue's president is determined to start school in the fall now if you would uh you're not obligated but if you have that link handy Rhett, i'd like to see it i i Likely we'll get into the commercial break and I'll forget it. I'll be doing other stuff, but I'd like to read it. I really do want to consume it. You know, you tell me that, you know, Matt Wyatt, radio host, has an opinion about when football is going to start. He's reading the tea leaves. That's one thing. You know, we, my opinion on that thing, I'm not in meetings with presidents and ADs. You give me quotes like what I'm talking about. Mark Stoops, head football coach, Kentucky. Keith Carter, athletics director, Ole Miss. Ray Tanner, Athletics Director, South Carolina. And you're telling me there's a quote out here where we got positive reviews, speaking of positive energy, from the president at Purdue 
about potentially starting school on time. I want to consume all that stuff because they are the people that know more and have more information about how this stuff is trending. As we know, early on, there was very little. They knew very little, even the commissioners. We had quotes from Greg Sankey where he's doing his best, and Sankey's a great commissioner. He talks to the media. He's just honest all the time, but he was honestly saying, look, I just I don't think we really know yet how this is going to go, what the possibilities are. Well, here we are about to step into May, almost about to step into May. And now we're starting to get a little bit of a different message. It could just be those folks are trying their best to put a positive spin on everything for now. But it may be more to it than that. And I still go back to the reason I think that's really important. If you have like a president at a school, they're determined to start school in the fall. I, I'm not coming off of it yet until I see otherwise. Happy to be wrong and be glad to be wrong about this. But everything reads in such a way to me as you want college football to be played. You need to pray that we enter back into a societal realm where all students are welcomed back onto campus because until then you will not have football teams back on campus getting ready to play ball. Well, Matt, we can play without fans. Technically. Yeah, but they are not pro athletes. They are students and you're just not going to have a university atmosphere anywhere where they go. Okay. Student athletes. We've been arguing that they're student athletes. We don't pay them. They're not employees. But y'all need the entertainment. We need the money. So we're going to bring the student athletes back on campus. But we're not bringing any of the other students back here. And we're certainly not putting them 100 at a time in the classrooms together and in the dorms and in the union and in the cafeteria and in you know, the sorority and fraternity houses. Those aren't safe. Engineering majors, you can't come back here and come to class. Business majors, no, you can't come back. Football players, yeah, come on. We, Those two things don't live together. We've talked about that on this show. And so if I get ADs and presidents that are determined that school is going to start on time, well, that's got my attention. You know, I may doubt it. I may be skeptical, but it's got my attention because to me, that's what it will take for football to come back. Thank you, Rhett, for sending it to me on Twitter. If y'all want to send me stuff on Twitter anytime, that's great. At Radio Wyatt. Um, USA Today, West Lafayette, Purdue. Let's see. That's what in, uh, officials at the Indiana University at Purdue. Well, Purdue University. President Mitch Daniels, floating plans to reopen campus for in-person classes in the fall while saying the COVID-19 virus, quote, poses close to zero legal, uh, sorry, lethal threat to young people. 76% of the deaths in America from coronavirus are what, over the age of 60, I believe, is that what I saw? I mean, so it's older people. He, his quote, this is a university president, it poses close to zero lethal threat to young people. That's the first paragraph of the story. I'm going to read the rest of it, Rhett. Thanks for sending that. You know, and maybe that's just one defiant president. But again, some of these things are starting to pile up. 
<clears throat> what people are saying. Jared on the country pleasing text line says, and they get a forty plus million dollar check from ESPN. Forty million greater than fourteen. Well, but is it ESPN or is that technically go under the umbrella of the conference revenue, which if it is, that may come into a university like Kentucky, but it also gets distributed among other things. Like I don't I don't know if it I don't know if it goes straight back into the athletics budget, all of it or not. I, I don't really know how that works. But other than the conference giving them a check, which is revenue sharing from the conference, Jared, I think what it was pointing out is that the University of Kentucky itself, whether it's media rights through their media rights holder, which I'm pretty sure is Learfield IMG College, whether it's, you know, what else would it be? Uh merchandising and you know sales and you know advertising sales and deals which goes through the media rights holder on campus all that stuff doesn't equal up to more than they are making from just actual ticket sales and football they are dependent on that and i think that was the point of the article so again you know we're kind of a half hour into this discussion but what we have is one coach and mark stoops we're preparing for things on time I don't think we're going to play without fans because we need the money. Keith Carter, Ole Miss AD, says their plan right now is preparing for athletes to come back on July 1st. Preparing for that. And Ray Tanner at South Carolina says some conferences may have to do their own thing. Pay attention to this stuff. They're not coming up with that on their own. Stick around. with you back over here let me get to all the texts and get them all in on the country pleasing text line country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast the best i had the original this morning i had um the original flavor smoked sausage this morning for breakfast along with strawberries and blackberries from cockerel banana company and tupelo big uh produce company and whew Outstanding. We loaded up yesterday boxes of stuff, vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, got some avocado and some, uh, well, is it is it plural, avocado, plural, if you put an S on the end, is it avocados, I guess, and uh, cilantro, some onions, different things. We're going to make some guacamole here one night. We got watermelon, apples. We got a little bit of everything from them. So it uh, goes really good. That country pleasing sausage in the morning. All right. So unnamed texter said, it seems like Clarion Ledger was reaching for info to balance the great MSU news with lackluster information regarding Ole Miss. Said, um, uh, well, but what was it? I didn't see it. I don't. I don't get the paper. Um, that paper. So I don't know. You'd have to tell me a little more info about exactly, you know, what the stories were. Didn't know. Thanks for your text. 
Squirrel's back. He says, too much caffeine. That explains your erratic behavior yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, one thing is true, Squirrel. I didn't have any coffee during yesterday's show. Maybe that explains erratic behavior. I don't know. Uh, Eric on the Country Pleasing text. Missed the show yesterday. Can we get a recap of what the dust-up was? Never liked Squirrel on Paul. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do a recap because it all gets personal. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't want to be... I don't, I don't want to be in the, the Paul realm where it, you know, it's insults back and forth. That's way too least common denominator radio. We'll just move on to some other stuff. Let's see here. Slippery when Rhett back on the text line says you can double check. I'm pretty sure that the cadets have not left West Point. So they've been there the whole time. And maybe that's a different thing. Hmm. Yeah, saying it's not lethal to young people. And I guess we still have, like a month ago, Liberty University over in Virginia brought it all back, right? Or, or, or they didn't bring everybody back or mandate it. They just said, hey, we're open. Y'all, students, you want to come back? Come on. How's that going? Has anybody checked up on them? <laughs> I know I haven't. I hadn't read about it recently at all. I got some NFL stuff you need to hear. Ah, is that not a great sound? Yes. Monday Night Football on... That's Monday Night ABC right there. Remember back when Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff, and Frank Gifford did Monday Night Football? That's when it was the best, in my opinion. All right, anyway, NFL stuff. Uh, that I want you to hear. First of all, let's backtrack, shall we? Let's backtrack to something here. On this day, April the 28th, 2007, this happened. With the first pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select quarterback Jamarcus Russell, LSU. Bottom line to me, and I've watched every one of his game tapes. I was at his pro day. I played against Elway and Marino in college. I never thought I'd see anything like it. I'm not telling you that this is going to be the best player ever. What I am telling you is he's got the physical skill set better than any quarterback I've ever seen in my life coming out of college football. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the voice of Mike Mayock on the NFL Network Singing the praises of one Jamarcus Russell on the, upon that number one draft pick back in 2007. And Mayock now is the GM of those Oakland Raiders. and Joined at the hip with John Gruden, who is the head coach. I mean, is Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf the two biggest busts in the modern era? Quarterbacks taken at the top of the draft? Is that the two? Or am I missing any others? I mean, it has to be those two. That same draft, 10 picks later, 11th overall. With the 11th pick in the 2007 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Patrick Willis, linebacker, Mississippi. What do you think about that, Ole Miss fans? The commissioner of the NFL said Mississippi. He didn't say Ole Miss. <laughs> Don't they get perturbed about all that? Hey, is he going to be a uh, Hall of Famer? Patrick Willis, gracious alive. Three-star recruit out of high school. 
sign with did did um yeah, I mean it would have been Cutcliffe and those who recruited him, right? Right. It would he would have been a Cutcliffe recruit. Three-star recruit out of Brewston, Tennessee. Played his entire career, seven or eight seasons, whatever it was for the 49ers. Linebacker, physical. Some people say retired early. I don't. It's a long career. Seven-time Pro Bowler. Five-time first-team All-Pro. Made the NFL's All-Decade team of the 2010s. Was the rookie defensive rookie of the year that year as a rookie in 07. Yeah. By the way, too, his senior year in college at Ole Miss, he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Great player, great guy, Patrick Willis. On this day in the NFL Draft in 2011. With the first pick in the 2011 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Cam Newton, quarterback, Auburn. What do you think? Cam Newton, number one overall that year. Um, to the Carolina Panthers. Now, I want to ask you a question. And he was hurt this past year. I want to ask you a question. The Saints have gone out here with Cam Newton, the former number one pick. The Saints went out here and brought in Jameis Winston as now their backup quarterback. And you have this crowded quarterback room where the Saints, it's Drew Brees, obviously, but then Taysom Hill, we know what his role has been kind of quasi-quarterback. Now you got Jameis Winston in there, former number one pick, NFL starter in the division at Tampa. And you went out in the seventh round, drafted Tommy Stevens. He gets to come in and compete. Maybe your practice squad guy. Who knows what could happen? People get hurt, that kind of thing. But Cam Newton was available the whole time. Has anybody batted an eye or brought up the idea? You know, Saints could have had Cam Newton in there. Saints very well could have signed Cam Newton as opposed to Jameis Winston. If you're a Saints fan, which one of those two guys do you want? Do you want Jameis Winston? Or do you want Cam Newton as your backup to Drew Brees this year? It's going to be Jameis Winston. What do you think about that, though? That decision, what does it say? What does it say that pretty quickly within the division, the Saints picked up Jameis Winston and Cam Newton still looking for a job? Is it because of his injury? Or is it because of the other stuff too? Do NFL teams I look and we know this is what I'm saying. Compare the two. It's not like Jameis Winston. It's not like Jameis Winston hasn't had some weird stuff off the field. Some shenanigans and antics. It's not like he isn't just kind of a little bit odd sometimes. Okay? Well, you could say all those same things about Cam Newton. But I just think um, that I, I can't help but think that, yes, the injury deal, but part of the reason that Cam Newton's still sitting there looking for a job is because of the, the I, I don't know, what's the character that he's become. Drama, the way he's dealt with media and answered questions, the way he's dressed. Now, Maybe that's an indictment on them and not him, but I just believe that's got something to do with it. And he's still sitting there looking for a job. Timothy on Facebook says, I much prefer Winston. I mean, Winston played last year and was healthy. He's put up some good numbers at times. He just kind of got interception happy. And, you know, 
Who knows? If, if there wasn't this natural attraction between Tom Brady and Tampa, which there was on both sides, which was part of the reason it instigated the, the exit of Jameis Winston from Tampa, if, if you don't have that natural attraction between Brady and Bruce Arians, and, and we're going to link those two up, and both sides wanted to, maybe Winston's still in Tampa. I don't know. Jared says, I'm not a Saints fan, but it seems like a no-brainer to me. See, I, I think that's kind of what I'm pointing to is everybody, Timothy, Jared, me, others, the Saints, went, and, and the thing is, the Saints were kind of, it seemed like on, on the back end, there was a pretty hot conversation with the Cowboys also for Jameis Winston going, see, the Cowboys don't have any sort of experience or proven anything as a backup quarterback. And they were interested in, I think, bringing in Jameis Winston as a backup to Dak also. And here's Cam Newton that was Superman in college. One of the most, I mean, really, prior to Joe Burrow this past year, one of the most unbelievable one-season runs for a college quarterback we've ever seen. Number one draft pick. Already took one team to a Super Bowl. Jameis never been to a Super Bowl. Yet, it's like nobody will touch him. And me and you as fans, we look at it and go, Jared says it seems like a no-brainer. Well, I kind of agree. Isn't it something? How you you give it, you give something 10 years, and man, we draw a line and we've got you figured out. And that goes for coaches and players. It's like 10 years, and you either are something or you aren't. We either in or we out. And I'm afraid everybody on Cam Newton is out at this point. Hour two coming up. Y'all stick around.